Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, y'all, before we begin the show tonight, uh, this is just a, a introductory phrase here, an introductory line an introductory statement we've got podcast sponsors now which is a new thing for us Uh, we had casper we've got more coming um one of the great ways that you can support the resurgent and my radio show is to pay attention to the sponsors within uh and hopefully use them if you have an opportunity whether it's casper or man crates or some of the others that are coming up um if you will engage with those sponsors it helps them know people actually listen to this show and they continue to come back to the show. So please consider it. And now let's get to the program. Three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Good evening. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. The phone number, I guess it would help if I got into the call screening program, huh? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Folks, we got to get to the big news. Andrew McCabe out at the FBI. Now, to be clear, he is not out, out. Uh, He's essentially taking a long vacation. He will stick around. Uh, for a couple of more months so that he can get his full pension, but otherwise is standing down on a daily basis. Uh, uh, Multiple media outlets are reporting that Christopher Wray, the current FBI director, pressured him into doing so after the withering criticisms of the president towards Andrew McCabe. Now, we need to set this up, and, and first of all, we should say a couple of things at the outset. A lot of liberals are claiming conspiracy They're adding this to the pile of things that they claim the president obstructed justice about. Um, There's no evidence of that. The president did bully and badger McCabe. According to leaks coming to NBC News today, out of he badgered McCabe about his wife and his wife's campaign in Virginia, uh, getting money from a super PAC uh, that was friendly with the Clintons, affiliated with them. She was supported by Tara McAuliffe. She's a Democrat. Andrew McCabe, we now know, voted in the Republican primary in 2016. He did not vote at all in the presidential race in November of 2016. Nonetheless, uh, liberals, of course, are crying foul. I got to say this. There are a lot of people who want to claim conspiracy, collusion, and obstruction For Donald Trump being Donald Trump, uh, yes, did Donald Trump, based on these leaks, uh, bully, badger, harass Andrew McCabe about his wife, about maybe how he voted, who he supported, and all these things? Okay, he does that to everybody. 
I mean, that, I think that's part of the thing that's missing in the conversation about the president and this entire situation is he's not treating the FBI differently from anyone else. And maybe he should. There's an argument he should. But he's treated them just like everyone else. It's not like he singled out James Comey or Andrew McCabe for bad treatment compared to others. He's treating them like everybody else. I mean, he treats everybody this way. Now, you can say that's no defense, and that's fair. He Maybe he shouldn't be treating people like this, but let's not look at it and say, well, he was intentionally, willfully trying to obstruct justice and engage in collusion or whatever you want to call it, because he does this with every single person. And I, I think if the president's behavior deviated from the norm in this circumstance, as opposed to every circumstance, then we could say something. But there doesn't seem to me to be a there there with this, just given the way the president behaves with everyone. Uh, McCabe being out comes after lots of pressure from the White House, much criticism from the president regarding Andrew McCabe. It sounds like Christopher Ray is essentially making uh, Andrew McCabe take one for the team, which is perfectly reasonable. If you're the FBI director, you've got to protect your institution in the same way John Roberts, however inexcusable you and I may see it. Uh, he played politics on Obamacare and split the baby, so to speak, to save it while also allowing it to be considered a tax and allow the Republicans to set up a way to undermine it through the tax code because he needed to protect the Supreme Court and claim it wasn't political. This is essentially what Christopher Ray is doing at the FBI. He's playing politics. Yes, I, I, I think we can say Christopher Ray is playing politics, but he's playing politics to protect the institutional integrity of his institution that is under a sustained attack from the people who run the government, the president of the United States and the Republicans who run the house. That's a pretty big deal. And you do have to play that way. And he's getting Andrew McCabe to step aside. Andrew McCabe, everyone is saying in all the press reports, he was planning on stepping aside anyway. He's just moving up the timetable a little bit. Now, there's more in this as Republicans set to open up a memo, potentially keeping our eye on that. So we're continuing to watch this. Sources have been saying that um, the House is going to vote this afternoon uh, after five o'clock. It appears it hasn't happened yet on whether or not to release the um, the Nunez memo and whether or not to release the Democrats memo written in response to the Nunez memo. We haven't gotten there yet. Uh, we will see. My guess is that they do vote to release it. And a couple of things you need to keep in mind here with this memo. The president today apparently is livid with the associate uh, attorney general, Stephen Boyd, who authored the memo to Devin Muniz saying not to release it and pointing out that Nunez and his staff had not seen the classified information that the memo was about. And that is a key piece of information here. The Department of Justice is doubling down on this. The Department of Justice saying that there were some staff members who did review the classified information the Nunez memo purports to cover. They were not allowed to take copies of that classified information, and they did not necessarily see the accumulation of classified information. Uh, they saw some of it. Certain members of Congress, including Trey Gowdy, saw some of it. They did not see all of it. None of them saw the 50,000 additional text messages that have come forward since then. Um, the Nunez memo is meant to reflect that classified information, which the Department of Justice is saying that most of the staff and the congressman himself did not actually review. 
The president's team is livid with the Department of Justice for this, and there comes word today that the president had told Jeff Sessions and several others within the Department of Justice that they needed to do a better job of protecting him was the implication from the report. He didn't apparently actually say that, but that's how reporters took it. Uh, Sessions, it turns out, uh, is standing with Stephen Boyd, author of the memo, telling the the uh, House Republicans they shouldn't release the memo. Christopher Ray has apparently gone to Capitol Hill and reviewed the information in the memo. Uh, I do not know yet what word has about uh, his decision of whether or not they could or he, they should release it. Um, based on the FBI's recommendation. But all of this is swirling around this afternoon in Washington. There is so much else going on as well, including, as I try not to hiccup here on radio, uh, including the Grammys. We will have to get to the Grammys. Uh, One bit of housekeeping, though, that you need to know about. Clay Tippins is a former Navy SEAL. And he is running for governor of Georgia. He is now one, two, three, four, the fifth Republican running for governor. Uh, We've got Brian Kemp. Um, We're going to be interviewing him in the Live Lounge on Thursday night. We've got Hunter Hill and Michael Williams on the 6th of February. We have Casey Cagle at 7 p.m. on the 8th of February. And Clay Tippins, we're going to interview him at 8 p.m. on February 8th in the Live Lounge. We'll be broadcasting it live on WSB. We'll be streaming it online. If you would like to be a member of the in-studio Live Lounge audience for Clay Tippins, Text the word WSB to 345-345, and I will send you a link for this. Now, these are all starting to happen as the state legislature continues meeting, and there's a new uh, steam building for a religious liberty amendment in the state legislature in Georgia. The governor again saying he's going to veto it, but uh, the Baptist churches in the state look like they're about to get fired up and proceed with religious liberty. Also, uh, my friend Wes Cantrell has released into the state house a piece of legislation on school choice. I want to explain that to you tonight, but before we get into any of that, we got to spend some time on what happened at the Grammys. People are fairly well outraged at the Grammys last night, and it's very interesting. I think we've got the tell that most members of the American media have not actually read Michael Wolff's book. Even though they've cited it, they've quoted it, they've used it against the White House, it doesn't appear that they've actually read it. Why? Because they're all really surprised about something Nikki Haley did last night regarding Michael Wolff's book. Y'all, just let me interrupt here for a sponsor because this one is actually really cool and I'm really excited about them. This is Mancrates. Now, Valentine's Day is coming up. You may have a significant other. You may be the significant other, and you're thinking, I don't want that crap for Valentine's Day. I I don't want flowers. I don't want chocolate. Uh, Good Lord, I I want something manly for Valentine's Day. Well, man crates. Either on behalf of your significant other or direct the one who will be buying it for you to mancrates.com. I mean, you actually get a a physical crate of stuff. You can get NFL barware. You can get the whiskey appreciation crate. You can get the beef jerky heart for, I mean, or the salami bouquet for Valentine's. All sorts of, it even comes with a crowbar, by the way. This is really cool stuff. Thousands of five-star reviews. (laughs) So they sent me uh, custom engraved pint glasses for beer. Or whatever, mine will be for beer. But nonetheless, you can put you can put water in them if you want to. No, they're actually really good, good quality stuff. Really fun gift to get too because it's a great crate. 
So what you got to do is you're going to go to mancrates.com, M-A-N-C-R-A-T-E-S.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Don't forget the C-K and you'll get 5% off. Now, they don't offer a discount anywhere else, but you can get 5% off right now at mancrates.com slash Eric, mancrates.com slash Eric. But, 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 remember, it's mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Really is awesome. Beer glasses, salami, you name it. Uh, you can get a outdoors gear. It's just awesome selection. Go to mancrates.com slash Eric for 5% off. Check it off now. A great Valentine's Day gift, maybe even for yourself. It's 24 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is WSB, the phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. A uh, quick aside for you guys, a thanks on Friday. Uh, the number of phone calls regarding the immigration plan on all sides, um, I, I appreciated all the calls. Everybody added something unique to the conversation uh, and definitely thought it was uh, worth doing in a good couple hours of radio and all because of you guys and your calls. Uh, ExxonMobil is going to invest $50 billion in the United States over five years because of tax reform. Uh, Starbucks apparently also participating in the economy at a greater level and giving bonuses. Apple is doing it. Multiple banks are doing it on and on. You know, the crazy thing is uh, Debbie Washerman Schultz. She, back uh, a couple of years ago, was attacking Republicans because they would not raise the, they, they wouldn't give people 40 extra dollars. Uh, she was talking, it was, uh, what, what was it exactly? Birth control, something like that. Uh, 40 extra dollars, it was a real big deal to her. What would you use your $40 for? I remember the, the left-wing campaign. And now she's out attacking the Republicans saying, it's only $1,000, it's not like that's a big deal. Not $1,000. Uh, who among you doesn't think that $1,000 is much? I mean, it really is telling the Democrat his hypocrisy of this. Now, to be fair, both sides have this level of hypocrisy. Republicans will attack things Barack Obama did, only to do them themselves. Look at the State of the Union tomorrow night. The president is going to propose a trillion-dollar infrastructure package. Uh, Barack Obama proposed a trillion-dollar uh, economic in infrastructure package, and the Republicans uh, completely voted against it. All of the Republicans voted against Barack Obama's infrastructure package. Donald Trump is going to propose virtually the same thing thing and all the republicans will probably support it this time so all sides do this but it really is arrogant of the political left in this country to see people getting a thousand dollars in their pocket because of tax reform and blast it when they voted against the plan to begin with so they didn't want you to have the thousand dollars to begin with and then they're complaining that it's not enough says everything wrong with the Democratic Party. By the way, speaking of the Democratic Party, stick around to the top of the hour because uh, Netflix, Netflix, people in Virginia nearly saw a tax imposed on their Netflix Netflix subscriptions. I can't talk to them. I'm sorry. I'm tired. I was up all morning um, early. Um, the Virginia Democrats 
decided to tax people's Netflix subscriptions, and the Republicans in the Virginia House killed it. Now, there's actually a Georgia angle here because there is legislation floating around the state capitol here in Georgia that could allow the same thing, taxing Netflix. And it was Republicans in Virginia that stopped it, and it's Republicans here that may very well be doing it because they want to use the revenue, allegedly, to help build internet infrastructure in rural areas in the state. Yeah. Meanwhile, the president of the United States of America, his National Security Council, wants the federal government to build a 5G cell phone network. The government would build 5G and then rent the uh, lines and access to the phone providers. The FCC came out today with a statement from Ajit Pai saying, bad idea, the free market works better, all this in response to China. Uh, I'll give you more details when we come back. But before I get to that, we got to get to the Grammys. Yes, the Grammys and Hillary Clinton's star appearance at the Grammys. Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here. It is 39 after the hour, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Them's the phone numbers here at WSB. I just, I want to spend just a couple of minutes on this Grammys thing and how everything in Hollywood these days seems designed to be la resistance fan fiction, including having Hillary Clinton show up at the Grammys to read an excerpt from Fire and Fury, Michael Wolff's book. Now, we know that Michael Wolff's book, by and large, is Steve Bannon's view of the White House. But there are additional stories in there that even Wolff won't necessarily say they're true. It's more malicious gossip. And he was perfectly happy to recount the malicious gossip without ascertaining whether it was true or not. One of the pieces of gossip is that Nikki Haley had an affair with Donald Trump. I can assure you, as a friend of Nikki Haley's, uh, there's no way in hell that she would be having an affair with Donald Trump. Uh, No possible way. And this is a malicious rumor that has largely, people have been accusing Nikki Haley of stuff like this for years. Uh, Michael Wolff accusing her. And then to have Hillary Clinton on the Grammys reading an excerpt from that book. Hillary Clinton, by the way, being someone we now know, uh, gave a pass to a sexual harasser on more than one occasion in her 2008 campaign and in her uh, 2016 campaign, it, it appears. Everything Hollywood is doing these days is packaged not around trying to reach out to people not like them, but on insulating them from people who are not like them, from reassuring themselves that everything's going to be okay. I'm actually really surprised the left did not push for Hillary Clinton to give the response to the President's Day of the Union address tomorrow night. It would be the ultimate in resistance fan fiction to paint this alternative reality where Hillary Clinton essentially gives her own State of the Union address. Um, They keep trotting her out. Do you know she's the only presidential candidate in modern polling history to lose an election and see her polling go down afterwards. Mitt Romney went up afterwards. John Kerry went up afterwards. Al Gore went up afterwards. John McCain went up afterwards. Hillary Clinton went down afterwards. It is a unique thing in American history 
for a failed presidential candidate to have her popularity decline, and yet Hollywood insists on trotting this woman out at every possible occasion to remind America what a terrible candidate she was and what an unlikable person she is. But if only the people knew. She had ample opportunities for people to see the real Hillary Clinton, and apparently the real Hillary Clinton isn't a very likable person. But they put her there nonetheless. And the rest of the Grammys. Now, listen, you should know I'm talking out of turn to some degree because I don't watch them anymore. When I was a kid, I watched all the award shows. But as I grew up, they got more and more politicized. And now it's at a point where it's just another women's march rally, except the women all lost. Other than one, hardly any of them got nominated to what, one or two won last night? They got all these Time's Up badges on. It's just a bunch of hypocrites. Many of the people in that room, many of the people on the stage, many of the people wearing the Time's Up badges, buttons, whatever you want to call them, are people who were protecting and covering for harassers and abusers, if not the harassers and abusers themselves, including Hillary Clinton, by the way, so she fit right in. There is no reason for anybody to have to pay attention to that garbage. I did, however, do due diligence and read up in all of the usual sources and all of the mainstream media publications that were glorifying the Grammys for speaking truth to power. And then just as they speak through music, they're speaking from stage about real issues that affect real baloney. I nearly said a bad word there. Just a bunch of people patting themselves on the back that they have spent another year getting away with bad behavior and politicizing everything in life. Do you know someone who's stayed away from the Grammys? Taylor Swift. Do you know why? According to several outlets, she knew she would get asked political questions. She's getting attacked from the left for refusing to answer political questions as if she's anything other than a singer, as if she needs to have political views. This is part of the problem. Hollywood is reflective in all of these stories is every singer, actor, actress, whatever, has to take a partisan position against conservatives and against Donald Trump. It is their way of doing penance. It is almost a a religious sense of obligation they have uh, for these people to take a position. By the way, um, there's a completely unrelated matter from the Grammys. You're going to be hearing a lot about it. So several dozen tickets printed for the State of the Union address had misprints. Instead of saying admit the bearer to the address to the Congress on the State of the Union, it's Unium with an M on the end. And people have been having a field day about this. Now, just so you understand, uh, the White House had nothing to do with this. And yet again, this is something where people are attacking the White House over this. They had nothing to do with it. It was the sergeant at arms for the House of Representatives that presents the tickets. But you can't even talk about this. It's like the Ivanka Trump. Jose Andre story. Uh, So he tweeted out angrily that he was denied access to something because of Ivanka Trump. I actually tweeted out asking a question. When did she become a snowflake? Or Ivanka Trump's a snowflake? I mean, usually she'd let them come in and give them cold stares for people she doesn't like. But no, apparently the story was, and the Mexican ambassador bolstered it, that he was not allowed in because she didn't want him in. Turns out that's not true. But the story got major play all day on Saturday because of, or on Sunday, went one or the other. Wasn't true. Over and over and over again, we keep hearing and seeing these stories in the media that turn out not to be true. Is it any wonder that people don't trust the media on this stuff? 
They make a big deal out of a typo for the State of the Union. If the same thing happened with Barack Obama, they would have given it a complete pass. Time and time again, these things happen. And time and time again, the media takes puts the president in the worst possible light. Now, some of you are screaming at the radio right now, and I hear it. There are times where I think it's the only way to interpret the event. But in this case, people are bashing the president for a typo in a State of the Union invitation he didn't have anything to do with. The sign of our times, the sign of the left, everything has to be politicized, including music, including trotting out Hillary Clinton at every possible opportunity when she just needs to go back to the woods and let Judge Janine find her. A brief word on a new sponsor that I'm really excited about for the podcast, mancrates.com. Valentine's Day is coming up. You may want to get yourself something. You may need to get something for someone and you're not sure what to get them. Or you may be tired of the same crummy gifts every year and you want something really awesome. So redirect your significant other to mancrates.com. This isn't like the cheesy cologne sampler or whatnot. Mancrates has curated gift collections for every type of guy, whether it's sports or chef or outdoorsman. You can get the NFL barware crate. You can get the whiskey appreciation crate, or you can get the standard Valentine's gifts, but kicked up several notches, the beef jerky heart or the salami bouquet. All you got to do is go to mancrates.com, and they've got a huge selection of things. I actually got uh, custom pint glasses with my name on them for my bar. I have a great bar, bourbon and collection and beer on tap, and these will go great. Chilled glasses for my beer. The crates even come with a crowbar. It's pretty cool. Thousands of five-star reviews. So what do you do? Go to mancrates.com slash Eric for 5% off. And remember, it's E-R-I-C-K, mancrates.com slash Eric. They don't offer a discount anywhere else, though. So you do have to go right now to mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, mancrates.com slash Eric and you too can get the perfect gift for yourself for someone else or tell someone else to go to mancrates.com slash Eric for your Valentine's Day gift. It is 54 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. When we come back, I want to spend some time on state issues with the state legislature in session, including will you get taxed for iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Netflix, and the like. Um, Some issues you need to know about related to that and a school choice bill we should talk about. Right now, though, you know, I've gotten into photography. My wife decided I needed a hobby other than cooking or we were all going to get really fat in our house. And I decided I would just start taking pictures of all the food I was cooking. (laughs) I mean, I take a lot of other pictures too, but still. Um, So one of the things I've noticed as I've gotten into photography is with the rise of Instagram, uh, there are people who all want to go take the same picture of the same places. Um, There's the horseshoe bend area out there in the grand canyon where suddenly uh, there's just a wave of people showing up uh, littering the place junking the place up uh, making it impossible to take pictures and there's a very famous tree down in new zealand Um, it is a tree on lake wanaka and it is a called a crack willow it is a very brittle tree over christmas 
a tourist uh, caused the tree to lose a limb by trying to climb into it uh, because they wanted to take a picture because it's a famous tree now because it's on Instagram with a lot of people. Instagram is my favorite social media outlet because I put up pictures and I try not to be very political. And I see friends of mine who, who just cover it in politics uh, and political memes and whatnot, and uh, they've got a whole lot more followers than me, and I would much rather keep a small following on Instagram of just people who want to check out pictures of food and that I'm cooking and family and places I'm going and stuff like that without getting into politics. But there's such a herd mentality in social media, including Instagram, where people are doing stuff like this, and we're, oh, I've got to travel here and take a picture of this, and I'm going to climb into it, and I'm going to ruin it for everyone else. It's just people are the worst. <laughs> I mean, they really are. Uh, when we come back, I, I also I got to get into this 5G network thing because the government wants to build a 5G network. They, You know, cell phone network, an LTE network. They want to build a next-generation network. The phone companies are already doing this. So they've released the paper, and even the Trump administration is saying the idea is already dead on arrival. They don't know who leaked the plan, presumably to scuttle it. It was already scuttled internally. Apparently not going to happen. The FCC coming out forcefully saying no way as well. When we come back, though, the Netflix tax. Are you going to get taxed on Spotify, iTunes, Netflix in Georgia? I'll let you know. nine after the hour i'm eric erickson this is wsb the phone number 404-872-0750-1800 wsb talk remember the state of the union tomorrow night not only will we be covering the state of the union here live we will have a post state of the union show taking phone calls from around the country um, on all the various Cox Media Group talk stations throughout the country. So should be a good long evening um, with the president. And the one thing we can be sure of with the State of the Union is that by Friday we'll be talking about something else, as we always do with States of the Union, regardless of president. They just don't last long. It makes you wonder if they're even worth doing. This is one of the trappings of the Wilson administration, and I believe anything that Woodrow Wilson came up with we should probably abandon, including the president going to Congress to deliver the State of the Union as a speech instead of a writing. Now, we need to move to local issues here in Georgia for a little while. Is Netflix in Georgia going to get taxed? We, we've got to pay attention to an issue that is in the state legislature. There has been a commission to look at rural internetification. I say that because it used to be rural electrification and now it's internetification in rural areas. And one of the things that they would like to do is get rid of the franchise fee that companies like cable companies and whatnot and cell phone companies pay the state and impose a tax on your phone bill, on your cable bill, and potentially on your internet streaming services in order to cover the costs of internetifying rural areas, providing internet to rural areas. 
The Virginia Democrats, remember this past year, things did not go well for Republicans in Virginia. They now control the state house in Virginia by a single vote. They lost the state Senate. They don't have the governor's mansion in Virginia. And that single vote was a coin toss, literally a coin toss, or no, I'm sorry, that they drew a name out of a hat or a bag in order to decide who would win. And the Democrats in Virginia decided to tax Netflix by a single vote in the Virginia House that died. But Republicans in Georgia always embrace the ideas of Democrats elsewhere. Why? Because so many of the Republicans in Georgia used to be Democrats. And one of their ideas related to this taxation of phones and cable to internetify rural areas is to also tax streaming services. Now, thus far, I am told this isn't going anywhere in the state legislature, but we've seen this before, have we not? In the last 48 to 72 hours of the legislature, they rush it through. The odds are that like casinos in Georgia, this is not something that's going to happen this year, but there's momentum building and it's Republican, not Democrat, Republican momentum building for taxing streaming services like Apple Music and Spotify, Pandora, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, you name it. We should keep our eye on this because Georgia Republicans tend to raise taxes. Remember when Sonny Perdue became governor, one of the first things Republicans did in a united House and Senate was raise taxes. They're going to keep raising. I mean, all of these guys, so many of them at least, were Democrats before they were Republican, and we need to keep an eye on this. Now, what about school choice and education? There is some legislation pending in the state house. Uh, state Representative Wes Cantrell has introduced it, and no one should object to this, but naturally teacher lobby groups are objecting to it. I want to walk you through it, uh, relying in part on a editorial piece by Kyle Wingfield in the AJC. As a side note, real quick, so we're interviewing all the gubernatorial candidates, and uh, we they start on Thursday with Brian Kemp, and then the next week, uh, it's going to be Hunter Hill, Michael Williams, Casey Cagle, and Clay Tippins. Uh, it took us a while to get Clay Tippins scheduled. He's the Navy SEAL running as a Republican. He will be on the 8th at 8 p.m., we will do a live audience. You will be allowed to ask, submit questions. I'll ask the questions. You'll be allowed to submit questions. Uh, if you would like to attend the live lounge audience at WSB for Clay Tippins, the others are packed out now. Uh, we have room available for the Clay Tippins interview. You can text WSB to 345-345, and I will text you back a link to the Eventbrite page where you can sign up to be a part of the in-studio audience for Clay Tippins. Wes Cantrell has introduced House Bill 482. Now, I want to rely on a column by Kyle Wingfield here. House Bill 482 by Representative Wes Cantrell, Republican of Woodstock, is probably the most bulletproof piece of school choice legislation Georgia has ever seen. The bill would create educational scholarship accounts allowing parents to take the state funding allotted for their child and spend it outside the public K-12 system for private school tuition, homeschooling materials, tutoring, or college. The latest version of the bill limits the initial size of the program to just 
um, 0.25% of all public school students. It prioritizes students with special needs, students from low-income families, students who were adopted or who are in the foster care system, students with an active-duty military parent stationed in Georgia, students who have been bullied. It imposes tight financial controls on the program and some requirements on participating private schools. It requires participating students to take standardized tests annually with the results reported to the state and their parents. In short, it addresses every objection school choice opponents have ever raised except for their objection to the very existence of school choice at all. Okay. Our Republicans in our state legislature, just as they are willing to raise taxes on people for the internet and what have you, tend to be the most hostile Republican state legislature in the nation when it comes to school choice. The governor tried for charter schools and tried amending things. The governor is one of the more pro-school choice people out there. But there are leadership forces in the state capitol who would scuttle any school choice amendment. Some of them because they are married to teacher lobbyists. Some of them because they are married to public school teachers. And they have great hostility towards parents taking state money and using it to benefit their children as opposed to their own schools. That's a real problem, uh, but it is a problem Republicans in Georgia need to address and deal with. Uh, I have not set up a call to action. I intend to. This is House Bill 482. That's the number uh, by West Cantrell. I'm going to put it out on my Twitter feed right now here while I'm talking to you. Um, I just linked uh, opinion if this school choice bill won't pass, perhaps nothing will. That's the piece that's in my Twitter feed. You can find a link to it so you can read the full column by Kyle Wingfield at the AJC. Folks, if a child leaves a public school and goes to a private school, the money that that school would get from the state because of that child goes away. So all this legislation would do is take that money and it would follow the child. So it would follow the child to a private school. It would follow the child to a homeschool setting. It would follow the child to college. There are financial restrictions uh, restricting greatly what the parents can do with it, but still allowing the parents some flexibility. There are reporting requirements and other requirements on private schools. Should they, they take the child? There are standardized test requirements for the child. All of these things come into play here. And yet the left in Georgia continues to oppose school choice and they have powerful friends in a Republican legislature willing to help oppose school choice. Republicans in Georgia continue to talk a good game about improving schools in Georgia, but they're not. Schools in Georgia aren't doing great. Go to rich areas, they are, but poor areas, they aren't. You would think Republicans in Georgia who believe in equal access and equal opportunity, who recognize that we can't guarantee an outcome, equal outcome, but we should be able to guarantee the equality of everyone getting a good education, you would think they would support legislation like this. And unfortunately, many of them don't. So if you go through this week and you see your state legislator ambush them, tell them to support West Cantrell's legislation. Republicans in Georgia always talk a good game on this stuff, and they always, always, always fail to actually implement any of the stuff they talk about. 
for once they have legislation that addresses all of the concerns from the anti-school choice lobby, addresses them all, takes care of all of them, they should be able to support this. But don't hold your breath because they're actually Democrats, just pretending to be Republicans. Well, we got three bits of breaking news at this moment. Um, The House uh, Intelligence Committee has agreed to release the Republican memo authored by Devin Nunez uh, for the full House. They have uh, voted against immediately making the Democrats' counter memo available to the full House. Um, So they will release the memo, Republicans have, uh, but they won't release the Democrat one as of yet. I think that's a mistake. I think they should release them all because it gives Democrats room to try to obfuscate uh, and talk around the Nunez memo. Um, The other piece of breaking news is the Pain-Capable Unborn Child Protection Act has received 51 votes in the Senate, uh, short of the 60 votes needed to break the filibuster. So... Um, it will not proceed to debate on the floor. Um, those are the two. What was the third piece of breaking? Oh, the third piece of breaking news is probably the biggest one. Um, a Christopher Ray, the FBI director, is saying uh, that in part, uh, one of the reasons that Andrew McCabe is stepping aside has to do with an upcoming inspector general report in the FBI over handling matters related to the 2016 election and Donald Trump. That's a pretty big deal. Now, one of the things that they are going to probably try to obfuscate on the Democrats, and they're doing it right now, I see it on Twitter right now, is they're trying to claim that the pressure for uh, McCabe to resign is because of the Nunez memo in the House, that he resigned in advance of this Nunez memo they're saying the Nunez memo was a um, was a hit job. They're saying that it was um, that he's basically being forced out from pressure from the White House because of this memo that is founded on intelligence that the people who wrote the memo didn't actually see. That's not true. Uh, CBS News, one of the few that are actually breaking in and pushing against this, uh, CBS News, this is on Twitter right now, internal communication sent to FBI officials by FBI Director Christopher Wray links Deputy Director Andrew McCabe's early departure to results of an upcoming Inspector General investigation. CBS News confirms this, says the FBI must perform at the highest standard. So it's looking like an inspector general who is not, by the way, a Trump apologist. Put there during the Obama years, this inspector general, not a Trump political appointee. Raising questions about Andrew McCabe's behavior at the FBI. So this story will probably go away. Probably. More likely than not. Um, Side note, back to a local issue here real quick. There are 25 people who have died thus far in Georgia because of the flu. 670 people in Georgia have been hospitalized. That is a lot. Uh, You know, Christy tomorrow has her latest uh, CT. Uh, Our our family sort of Damocles hanging over our family, uh, haunting us that uh, there is no escape from it, her lung cancer. 
And so prayers appreciated uh, as we go for her checkup. Hopefully no growth, um, continued stable uh, results. Um, but we didn't go to church yesterday. Uh, we didn't go to church activities earlier this week because so many people had the flu. We are trying to avoid every large gathering of people, including church. There are so many people who have it. I cannot tell you enough to wash your hands. I really can't. I know it sounds crazy, but I am carrying Purell everywhere I go, washing my hands constantly. Um, it is bad out there, folks. It really is. More on this when we come back. Thirty-nine after the hour. Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Bob and Buford, thanks for being patient. Welcome. Hey there, Eric. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Real, real quick, I think I'm probably one of the few Republicans that uh, actually has some serious reservations about school choice. The reason I say that is... Uh, I think that it's going to negatively impact the way private schools, the, the sanction that private schools have towards disciplining students. One of the things that private schools can do that public schools can also, but less, uh, less effectively, is uh, if, a, if a student is disruptive, they can ask him to leave. And I right. think that you're going to open up all kinds of... Uh, accusations of uh, possible racism or something if uh, if if they ask students to leave well you know Bob it's system. it's interesting you say this because there is a a strain of concern among conservatives that if private schools particularly private faith-based schools start taking this government money and allowing students to come with it the government will over time be able to uh, add strings and once they start attaching the strings, uh, those schools will run into problems. It is a legitimate concern, and it has happened in some cases. Um, the question is whether or not you trust your state legislature enough to um, to stop that. And now, the other issue, though, is that this program, um, the private schools don't have to take the money, um, but it would also help homeschool parents uh, with supplies and whatnot. And they could also put the money into a savings account to apply for a kid's um, college fund. Uh, which isn't necessarily a bad idea if they want to cover the costs. Like if they take their kid out of public school, the money would follow the child. And instead of spending the money on the child for their private school tuition or for their homeschooling or whatnot, they would be able to put it in a fund uh, to help offset uh, the cost for college. Uh, that's yeah, what that this legislation does. Yeah, What's that? That, that, does make it that makes it compelling. You're right. Yeah. And, you know, so here's the other thing. And, and let me let you go there and I'll just keep talking. The... There are concerns about the strings attached, but it's like all slippery slopes. You don't have to slide down the slope. Sliding down the slope is always a choice in a slippery slope. Everything becomes a slippery slope because we don't say, you know what, we're not going to do it. It becomes incremental. So I, I totally get the concern. You know what's very interesting? Uh, the division in opposition to school choice and what Democrats won't say. Republicans tend 
to when they have opposition to school choice, they tend to be like Bob, that if they start getting the state money, strings are going to be attached and these schools are going to start not being able to do some of the things that make private schools unique and more flexible than public schools. The problem on the Democratic side tends to be, they won't say it, but in addition to not wanting the poor kids to get out of their bad failing public school, they don't want them in their school. I mean, a, a friend of mine who you would all know is a prominent Democrat in this country, has run presidential campaigns, uh, runs political campaigns around the world, actually, uh, for liberal causes, and actually is a big school reformer. And one of the things he has noted routinely in school choice is that upper income people, regardless of party, say they support school choice, but it's as long as the poor kids don't start coming to their kids' schools. And it is more prominent among Democrats. The Republican concern, the conservative concern, tends to trend towards Bob, that the money comes with strings attached and the private schools are soon thereafter going to lose all of their flexibility. And among Democrats, it's one, we don't want them to lose, we don't want the local schools to lose the money and be hurt by the loss of money. And then the rich Democrats, well, they send their kids to private schools so their kids don't have to go to public school and they don't want the kids from public school coming to the private schools, ruining the private schools. Yeah, you dwell on that one because there are all sorts of implications there on Democratic thought. And it is polling that shows this. Don't be mad at me or at the Democratic strategist. Be mad at the rich people sending their kids to private schools who don't want the public school kids to mingle with them. By the way, uh, Steve Bannon is scheduled to appear before the House Intelligence Committee on Wednesday. Uh, again, he's already been there once as these uh, memos continue to float out there from the Democrats. Um, other local issue you need to know about, there is a website set up now on the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. It is supportrifra, supportrfra.com. Uh, arguing why you should care about RIFRA, why it should come to Georgia, uh, with the video of Bill Clinton himself signing the Religious Freedom Restoration Act in, into law at the federal level. Of course, when RIFRA was signed into law at the federal level, it was a, focused on Native Americans because of the, the peyote case before the Supreme Court. Now that it actually would be an issue for Christians, um, they probably, that's one reason they don't want to support it anymore. That reminds me, um, what was I going, man, y'all, I am exhausted after this. I had to be up on TV this morning and it, my brain, it's like, I I'm, I've got dad brain tonight. Cause I got two kids home alone while Christie's up at Emory for her, her oncology visit in the morning. Um, oh, I know what I was going to say. So, it, you know, you got Republican leaders in Georgia don't want this riffer thing. And there's an op-ed. It is the editorial in the New York Times today that basically says that Christian private hospitals should not be allowed to run the hospital based on their faith if their faith conflicts with giving people abortions. Yes. That, that the, the, never mind, there is no right to an abortion in the Constitution. You actually can read the entire Constitution and never find where that right is. It's an implied right interpreted by a liberal Supreme Court. Meanwhile, the very first words of the First Amendment relate to a freedom to exercise your religion. And now the New York Times editorial board 
is telling America that that freedom to exercise your religion that is explicit in the Constitution should be trumped by the right to an abortion. And then they say, but there's no harassment of churches or Christians in the United States, that that's all hysteria. Really, they make that case in the same in the same editorial where they're telling Christian hospitals they need to start performing abortions or referring people out to abortions or be shut down. That's the New York Times for you. That's the left for you. Very indicative of their hostility towards religion in this country. And guess what? The Republican leaders in Georgia agree with them. Think about that. It is funny how fake news works. Um, So, you know, Jose Andres, the famous chef, was supposed to have a restaurant in the Trump Hotel in D.C. After President Trump in July of 2015 made his comments about Mexican rapists and whatnot and, and shutting down the border and building a wall... Uh, the, the chef decided to pull out, uh, said he wasn't going to put a restaurant in there. He didn't want to be associated with that. So there was an event this weekend that Ivanka Trump was at and Jose Andre was invited to, he went up the steps and was pulled aside and did not go into the event and later tweeted that he was not allowed into the event he had been invited to because of Ivanka Trump. And the Mexican ambassador on Twitter claiming to be an eyewitness saw the whole thing and said it was true Ivanka Trump shut him out of the event. Well, believe it or not, it was the Washington Post that declared this all fake news. In fact, Ivanka Trump herself reached out to Jose Andre and explained to him that she had nothing to do with it, did not even know, didn't even know he was there. It was actually a misunderstanding of some kind that she was not related to. And yet, the stories for days, well, I shouldn't say days, two days, the stories for two days were about Ivanka Trump shutting out Jose Andre because she was offended by him being there. (sighs) Fake news, folks. Fake news is more and more pervasive in this country. And the left holds their nose in the air, saying only people on the right believe fake news. Meanwhile, you throw out anything bad about Donald Trump, the left immediately believes it. Including that, for example, Christopher Wray forced out Andrew McCabe at the demands of the President of the United States. Maybe, just maybe, maybe we should wait and see what the Inspector General report says. Maybe we should, because according to the leaks that are coming out right now, the inspector general suggests that the Hillary Clinton email scandal was mishandled and according to the links, pointed the fingers at, among other people, Andrew McCabe for botching it. So before we say that President Trump had something to do with this, maybe we should see about the Inspector General's report, folks. Maybe we should. By the way, if you want to come on a cruise with me this summer on July 2nd for a week, text the word CRUISE to 345-345. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. 
But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.